We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 290 on the Pride Podcast. I got my boy Malcolm Lee. Malcolm, how are you today? Yep. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Malcolm, and I'm doing good, man. We got some draft talk going on, and I heard we have a special guest, man. I heard we have a special guest, man. Who do you have on you, man? Yeah, today's special guest is college football and NFL draft analyst from Believe Sports, Joe DeLeon. Joe, man, how's it going? Thanks for coming on. Good, good. I appreciate you guys having me, man. I, I haven't had the chance to talk Lions yet. I, I've done a, quite a few guest spots already the past week, but you guys have like one of the most exciting draft opportunities here. I'm just excited to dive into it with you guys and to see what, what happens for the future of Detroit. All right, Joe, this is like, I think the million dollar question that's kind of on my mind. If CJ Stroud is on the board, Will Anderson's off the board, let's say Jalen Carter goes to Seattle, if you're a bad Holmes, would you take CJ Stroud or would you trade back and maybe take like a guy like Witherspoon or Gonzalez? I think trading back in that situation, it's worth considering. And I think that I would lean in that direction. But man, the the opportunity to take CJ Stroud, I don't think it's an opportunity that you can pass up on. And it's it's really similar to my sentiments about Seattle's situation, where you're in a way gifted this extra pick and this top 10 pick by a deal for a quarterback, your old quarterback that you made, and that team ended up being very unexpectedly bad. And if in the future, this team with the expectation that it turns into a consistent playoff run, you might never be touching anywhere near the top 10 again. And with that in mind, Jared Goff, not super young, but he's certainly not old. If you want to get that that extra boost at the quarterback position, I, I think it's worth considering with Stroud on the board. The only thing... A little wary of and to be honest my comp for Stroud is Jared Goff so it's like you're trading in uh, for a younger model here um, but I, I think it's it's certainly worth the heavy consideration but I, I wouldn't be opposed to trading back if that was 
certainly an option if somebody picked up the phone to do so. Yeah, Joe, the only argument I have to that is like Stroud would be on that rookie deal versus Jared Goff's contract. That's right. coming up. And those get tricky, especially with Daniel Jones, what he got, you know, so. Yeah, and I'm a Giants fan, and trust me, I'm not excited about that Daniel Jones contract. And, like, that's that's what comes into play here is, yes, you're trading in for the younger model, and that I think a lot of forward-thinking uh, team builders are going to say, you know what, if we get them on this this rookie deal and we can continue to spend a lot of money in free agency – all we need is the same level of play as we got from Jared Goff, from C.J. Stroud, and you hope that he gives that to you. And you could be now winning the NFC North. It's it's kind of up for grabs now that Aaron Rodgers is officially gone. Well, I mean, I, I, it's so crazy to me that we're still talking about quarterbacks right now, um, even though how well Jared Goff, Goff played um, last year. But is there a scenario where you see C.J. Stroud even falling to six? I don't even see a scenario where he falls to six. Do you see a scenario where he falls to six? I, I think it's become a little bit more likely, but the the reality of it is the, the rumors of his character concerns are inflated. Uh, you know, it's the his teammates didn't go to his birthday party thing. It's like, oh, how much do we do we actually take in, in you know, the stock of the quarterback uh, Manning Academy stuff? But I... I don't know if he falls, but the reality is if he does not go at two, someone's going to trade up. Someone's going to move up to go and get C.J. Stroud. This is too valuable of a quarterback class following a year that was really devoid of any quarterback talent. And then a lot of these teams that had question marks last year have massive concerns. Like, what are the Titans going to do? Are they just going to sit at 11 and hope that they get somebody? I don't think that's a very smart strategy to go after. So I don't really see a, a world where he makes it past five. It's possible. But I think with the desire and the need for finding that next quarterback, teams are going to start to trade up. And I, I think that as these rumors have surfaced of just in general, uh, heading up to the draft is is some proof that there could be some some massive moves made on draft night or right before draft night. Yeah, I agree. I think that right now there's so many QB needing teams, and I just don't. I just uh, it'll it'll be like a red flag for me if he was there at six, that nobody traded up for him, and all those teams that needed a quarterback, the Colts, um, all those teams they they just pass on them. Right, that'll be a shock to me. It's kind of like the the draft day Bo Callahan thing where he starts sliding, and everyone's like, "What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him?" But um, no, I, I. yeah, in a way, it is kind of a red flag, but at the same time, I think that a lot of teams, there's like that mix in there around four, five, six, and seven. Those picks for uh, the Colts are probably going to be a quarterback, but once we get to Seattle, the Lions, uh, the Raiders at seven, and the Falcons at eight, you could make the argument for a quarterback for going in to any of those teams, but I just don't think any of those teams are super hungry for a quarterback. And that is what could lead to one of these guys sliding and a team picking much later like Tennessee that doesn't want to give up that draft capital might say, let's just wait and see what happens. Just, just wait and hope he falls into our lap. If not, we'll wait until next year. Um, I, I think in general, those, the, not a lot of teams are super excited about this class, which could lead to the placement of these quarterbacks going differently than I think the media expects. Got you. Now let's just go into like a more realistic, realistic question as far as Detroit at six. Um, who do you have Detroit selecting? If you're doing a mock draft right now, number six on the board, who will you have Detroit selecting? Yeah, I feel as though this is either a defensive lineman or a corner. I don't see this going 
any other direction just based on the one positional value and then also the surging draft stocks of a lot of these guys. So I, I think that it's it's important to kind of watch what happens with with Miles Murphy, the Clemson defensive end, Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech. Uh, if Jalen Carter's on the board, you, you got to make that move. Like if he is still available at six, which I just don't think is going to happen, that to me is a slam dunk pick and a huge benefit from his stock dropping. I also think that Michigan's a great situation for him because it's it's far from where he he's from and he grew up and where he went to school. He's from the South. He played at Georgia. For him to move away from there and to play for a program that is uh, so focused on discipline and selflessness and being a team player, I think that's going to help him tremendously. But if if you know if those guys aren't on the table. Uh, I also really like Devin Witherspoon in this spot. He's the only corner that I would willingly take at six. I think anyone else would be a little bit too early. Uh, But Devin Witherspoon or any of those defensive linemen would be a fantastic pick for the Detroit Lions at six overall. Now, Joe, I got a question. So I I mentioned some people that Devon Witherspoon is going to be like, oh, he played in the Big Ten, not against good receivers, all that. I love Devon Witherspoon. I'm with you, but... What's your argument to those people that say he played in the Big Ten, not really good receivers, not really like a passing conference? Well, my counter argument to that then is, is for those who are probably then propping up Christian Gonzalez is, okay. well, then who did Christian Gonzalez go up against that was so much better than what Devin Witherspoon went up against? And Witherspoon is like, I'm not I'm not overthinking it. It's not like he's playing at an FCS level. I, I think that you get a guy that's so physical. And he played on such a well-coached team under Coach Ryan Walters, who was their defensive coordinator last year at Illinois. The guy's got just great technique, such fluid hips, explosive athlete. He gets upfield uh, so well. What to me is a sign of a really good corner is uh, how well they close down gaps. And he just doesn't even give up any gaps between him and receivers. I, I think that this is truly a shutdown corner. And again, talking about like what mentality fits – Dude, he he really really fits with what Dan Campbell's been preaching for you know hard nosed tough guys. I think he could be a a fantastic Detroit Lion. Who now they're really looking for a corner after they moved on from Jeff Okuda. Yeah, I'm with you there. I love Witherspoon. Yeah, and I agree with you, especially with the Jillian Carter um talk, man. Um, and Pierre could could agree with me as far as the roads in Detroit. I think it'll be physically impossible for him to speed or race or do any type of <laughs> driving fast over the speed limit in Detroit because it is a roller coaster as far as those ro- the roads in, in Detroit. The potholes, the potholes everywhere in, in Detroit. So I think I'll make it really impossible for him to drive over the speed limit. So Detroit is a safe place for him, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I would love that pick. And as far as you talk about Devin Witherspoon, it sounds like you have him as your number one corner. And is, I do. Is it, is it a big separation between him and the Christian Gonzalez and the other guys, the, the Emmanuel Forbes, all those guys? Is it a big gap or is he right there in the mix? And the other guys, like, could Detroit potentially wait later and still get a really decent corner um, in that in this draft class? Yeah, I, I actually have Gonzalez as my third corner. I have Joey Porter at number two. And I, I don't think the gap is significant, but I think the difference is one guy in Witherspoon is worthy enough to go in the top 10. And the rest of these guys are more in that 15 to 32 range for me. So like we can also throw in there Clark Phillips, uh, Deontay Banks from Maryland, Keely Ringo from Georgia. They all have different pluses and minuses. And I just don't think that they're as well-rounded as Witherspoon. But I think absolutely to the point for the Lions' second pick, 
they could wait and then see what's on the board and they could end up having the opportunity to pick from like three guys. I think a lot of times when we have these really talented position groups in a draft class, there's this assumption that there's going to be this early run. And I would argue that what tends to happen is the opposite. We a lot of times get teams that are aggressive to go get the, the positions that there's a scarcity for. So I think there's going to be an aggressive push to get these tackles, to get the quarterbacks. Um, but at the same time, for corner, I think a lot of teams are going to say, let's just let's just wait. Let's see. It may be early on in the second round or for the teams that have two picks to say, let's let's just wait and see what's on the board and they'll have the opportunity to do so. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz Traders. Oz Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Oddstraders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, so we mentioned defensive tackle is a big need for Detroit. Let's say Carter is not the board, is not on the board at five. And maybe 18 is a little early, but give us like some second round guys, some maybe day three guys that fit because they want to move. I don't know if you know this, but they want to move Aleem McNeil to the three. Mm -hmm. So maybe someone like a true nose tackle or maybe a nose tackle that has a little pass rush to him. Give us some names. 
Yeah, I think the big one for me that I would push for this is uh, is Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle from Wisconsin. He played that true nose, and I think that he has the versatility to play a one, to play a three. Um, he was very pigeonholed in his time at Wisconsin, and why I think that he's got a lot of upside to be an impactful player, good flexibility, really great power profile. And then he does have a lot of pass rush upside. That's where I think that to answer your question fully, Keanu Benton fits that description exactly. I also think another guy who just fits with what you're looking for to fit that that defensive mentality that we've seen that has been successful over the past year for the Lions. Um, outside of him, I, I'd pay close attention to Brian Razee from Clemson, another big body guy, uh, powerful defensive tackle. And then one more who's a later round pick guy who's going to be, I think, on the board late day two, early day three is Zach Pickens from South Carolina. I'm a big Zach Pickens fan. The guy was a former five-star recruit, didn't really live up to the hype until this past year. We saw a lot of that burst, that explosiveness that he has for the defensive tackle position. And I really think that Zach Pickens could have some juice to him. Um, and I think he nice, you know, fits that description of what you're looking for is maybe a powerful late round guy that's got some pass rush upside. Yeah, uh, in Detroit, we like Benson because Campbell's all about grit. And like in this combine injury, he said grit like a million times. Not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we like link him here, but not because of that. Just like he screams like Dan Campbell, kneecap biter type of player. Like that's that's at least how I see his table. I love the for kid sure. as well. For sure. So you mentioned Brian Brzee. Uh Is there a chance that he could fall in the second round? Or is that a guy that if we did like him, we would have to select him at 18? Yeah, I, uh, the, Brian Brzee is so tricky to me because the media perception is very is a wide range and the NFL perception on him is such a wide range. I personally really like him. And frankly, I'd take him in the top 15. He's a former top recruit as a defensive tackle talk about pass rush upside the guy does it really well he is bendy he is powerful he's got really good hands he's got a pretty good pass rush plan as well the thing that's scary about him is that at clemson they asked him to play from a one all the way out to like a seven it's even as far as to a nine like he played everywhere on clemson's defense so like to have that versatility to have the ability to show that versatility at his size and his frame is really unique and i i don't I just don't get why so many people are knocking him, but I, I I do believe that there's a potential for him to slide into the second round and him to be available. There are some people that have mocked him that far. He is one of the few guys that I just admittedly don't have a pulse on where he's going to go. But if I was the one making the decision, take him at 18, he is going to be a fantastic football player. If you do draft him at that 18 spot. Got you. Now, I, I'm, I mean, I haven't really dived too much into him. What I've been hearing, though, is that he does have an injury history. Is is there injury history with, with Brian Brzee? And is it something that could be a concern in the pro level? Yeah, there is a, a pretty long injury history for Brian Brzee. And that that's one of the knocks on him. And I think that if that does hold him back, it's going to be what popped up on these medicals when he was doing these evaluations during the combine. But he was fully healthy this past year, and the time that he missed was because of a, a family tragedy with his sister. And, you know, he still played most of the games despite dealing with all that. I, I think that for everything that he was going on last year, for the way that he played, I give him a lot of credit. Um, for him to play the whole year, and I said this going into the the season, that if he gives me every single game, I'm I'm willing to commit to him as the top prospect, the defensive tackle. 
and he was able to be not injured. He was able to be fully healthy. So I'm not concerned about it. Guys get hurt all the time. It's a tough sport. If, as long as you show readiness and availability lately, that's that's what's the most important thing to me. Nice, I agree. Now I'm actually going to bring bring up something that's going to probably make uh, Pierre curl a little bit. Um, this is about pick 18, and this is about a potential guy going to Detroit. If um, the running back, I forgot his name, um, Bijan. B. John, B. John Robinson. Robinson, yeah, it, it, just, it just went away. Just B. John Robinson. So if, if B. John Robinson's there at eighteen, and you're the, you're, you're the GM of Detroit, mm-hmm. would you consider selecting B. John? The funny thing is, I I had Michael Lombardi on my show, and I had not thought about this being a possibility, like at all, not even once thought of it as a possibility. And he brought it up as like. Put him on a team that's got a good offensive line and just watch him go to work. I personally wouldn't take Bijan at 18 just for the reason that I would really like to sure up some of the other positions of concern. Heck, I would argue like I'd rather approach tight end before I approached running back because you just added David Montgomery and you also just added in or not just added and you also have DeAndre Swift. I know that you lost Jamal Williams in free agency, but I think running backs figured out. Now, would it be nice to have Bijan? Absolutely. The guy behind that offensive line and in that run game is rushing for 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. Absolutely. But if you want to take that next step, you got to have a more well-rounded offense outside of running back. And the way you're going to do that is adding a tight end or I, I guess you don't really need to approach receiver. I would be more focused on fixing tight end before I would go after running back. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is right now, what a lot of people don't really, um, probably don't realize is that DeAndre Swift could be on his last year with us. And that's the reason why that question is in the air because um, DeAndre Swift does have an injury history with us. And as far as Lions bringing him back, is not a guarantee. I think the only way Swift um, is probably in the roster in in the future is if he has a full year next year and he contributes in a, in a, in a very positive way, but if he gets hurt again, I could see him getting cut um, to be honest. And that's why that question is out there. Um, the whole B. John Robinson at 18, could he be the swift replacement and could they have that two headed monster running back mm-hmm. um, back there? That That's the whole thing that that's back there. Now you did mention receiver. Um, we are going through a situation right now where a lot of our players decided to gamble. And a lot of guys <laughs> suffer suspensions. Um, is this a situation where the Lions should draft a receiver higher than they should um, because of the situation? Because they're going to be potentially miss their, their number one or number two receiver for six games. And how do you feel about that? Do you, do you think the Lions should draft a guy um, early in the draft or maybe first, second, maybe even third round because of the whole situation? I, I just think in general – it doesn't hurt to add receivers. Um, they're a team that I think is, has shown a lot of positive steps with Amon Ross St. Brown, who's well overperformed his expectations. And then on top of that, once you get Jameson Williams back, like that's a really good receiving core. I think that you add one more player into the mix, that offense could be really electric. But the one thing is I, I'm just not in love with this receiver class. I, I don't really see an alpha dog. I don't really see a lot of guys that are going to be primary targets in offenses, but that's to the Lions' benefit. They don't need that guy. They have Amon Ross St. Brown. They need that tertiary option 
that is going to play off the strengths of the rest of the group. And because of that, I, I don't want to take any of these receivers at 18. I, I would maybe take Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I think he's going to be gone by then based on the move that just happened with the Packers. Um, I I would more be willing to take somebody in the second or third round. And I think that the Lions should do that in the second or third round, should absolutely take if it's Josh Downs or Parker Washington uh, somewhere in that range, just add one more explosive threat, one more deep threat, and then you've got a really well-rounded unit out there. But uh, first round, no, but day two, absolutely consider taking a receiver. Gotcha. Joe, so I like these two receivers. What are your thoughts on them? Uh, Jonathan Mingu, Xavier Hutchinson. I, those two guys, I like Mingo in the second, maybe Hutch in the third. We don't really have a fourth. Now, do you think those guys would fit what you kind of said? Yeah, and I, I think that one, one of the old cliches when we talk about receiving cores is you want to build them like a basketball team. You want to right. build your receiving core like a basketball team. So, you know, you got Amon, who's I think like six foot or so, who's, you know, your primary guy that that is the primary target guy. You get Jameson yeah. Williams, who's uh, your smaller, speedier guy. And then you kind of are missing that big body like you're talking right. about. And Mingo fits that exactly. I just, the thing with Mingo, and he's been kind of propped up as this baby late first round pick. I don't think he's really has that type of ceiling, but I think he's a great possession receiver, a great boundary receiver. He could be that. Xavier Hutchinson definitely fits that description. Maybe a guy who uh, is like a four or five, 600 yard receiver in the NFL. That's what you're going to get from those types of guys, which is valuable, which is important to have. You don't need every receiver to go for over 1200 yards. Like Amon Ra is going to be able to do uh, every single season, hopefully. But I like both those guys. Uh, and I think I'd throw one other guy out there that kind of fits that mold is Cedric Tillman, yeah. the Tennessee receiver. So a big body might be what they want to go for. Maybe they want to go for some little shiftier, but I right. think you can't go wrong with either of those directions. Yeah, I do like Cedric Tillman as well. Um, I was thinking too, like if they kind of want to just add all speed, maybe add Jalen Hyatt. And then when Hyatt, when J-Mo comes back, you have Hyatt, J-Mo and Aminra. That's a headache to deal with. They don't really have the size though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's tricky to, cause that's a really good point. You, you could have that approach of like, we're going to beat everybody deep, but at the same time, you do need to have those possession guys for those difficult situations. And maybe they address that by drafting a, a sure-handed tight end. Right. Um, but, We've seen the Chiefs do that successfully, just as many small, fast receivers as possible, and then attack everybody through the air. So there's a way to make it work. Now, yeah, that would be a fun offense. Now, you're bringing up tight end a lot. Where where do you see Detroit realistically drafting a tight end? And can you give us some names of some guys um, that could fit? Yeah. I, I Well, first of all, at 18 is the first one to consider. And if, if Michael Mayer is on the board, take Michael Mayer. Don't think twice. Take Michael Mayer. He is uh, a sure thing. He is such a consistent receiver. He's a great route runner, great blocker. But if he's not on the board, which is highly possible, I think in, once we get into the second round, if Dalton Kincaid slides because of the injury he suffered and him not testing at all, it's possible. Great space player, uh, great route runner, good vertical threat. I also would throw into the conversation Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, who's a fantastic vertical athlete. Sam Laporta from Iowa kind of gives me those, those vibes of what Dan Campbell would look for in a tight end. And then I'll throw out a little bit of a sneaky pick. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Tucker Craft from South Dakota State, who I don't think has gotten enough love since the beginning of the cycle. At the beginning of the year, everyone was talking about, hey, watch out for this kid. He might be a second or a third round pick. And he's kind of gotten pushed down because of all the other names 
that have been propped up because of the talent in this tight end class. But he's really well-rounded. He was hurt for part of the year, but as soon as he came back, he went right back to what he was doing, which is beating teams deep, and he was killing dudes as a blocker. I think he could be a really underrated player, kind of like what Mark Andrews just out of nowhere as a third-round pick was highly impactful in his first couple seasons. Tucker Craft could be a really sneaky one on day two or very early on day three. So, Joe, so, like, I was thinking kind of like how you said have those speeches on the outside and then adding a big boy like uh, Darnell, um, shoot, Darnell Washington out of Georgia. He, he's a good blocker as well. What are your thoughts on him? He's probably just going the second round, I'm guessing, maybe late first, early second, right? Yeah, I love Darnell Washington, and I think it's specific to the role that we ask him to play. He fits really well for what Dan Campbell might be looking for in a tight end because Washington's an extension of the offensive line. He is a really good blocker. He's built like a blocker. He's 6'8", I think he's like 265, somewhere in that range. Deceptively a very good athlete. Great, great hands. I don't fully know if he can have full-time production just because he never did it. Brock Bowers was the guy ahead of him, and he was this secondary option. But if he ends up being one of the best second tight ends in the NFL, like that's that's very important to have. A lot of teams wish they had second tight ends as good as Darnell Washington. He would fit, though, with, with Detroit as a second-round pick, absolutely. I don't know if he sneaks into the first round, but it's certainly a possibility, and he's he's been one of those guys that's been brought up as a maybe a late first-round pick. Right. Um, you, you know what? I, I, I can see it. I can see a, a pick like that going to Detroit. He, he does um, seem like that extra lineman. Um, speaking of linemen, uh, Tyler will probably appreciate this question because he actually brought it up and it, it had me scratching my head. Um, <laughs> he, he said at six, I mean, Tyler's our other host that is not here today, but mm-hmm. he said at six, if the, all the linemen were off the board, he wouldn't mind going tackle and drafting Peter Skoronsky. Am I saying his name? I believe I'm saying. I hope I'm saying his name right. But no, you the are tackle, uh, the, the tackle. Um, could you see that scenario happening in Detroit where they draft a tackle at six? Ah, uh, man i I can understand it, but to be honest, like that, your guys' offensive line has been so good. It's it's been put together so so well, and maybe you could draft him. And I guess he best fit bumping inside to guard. Um, which some people have considered he'd be best serving as playing as a guard. But I just think there's other positions, especially the defensive side of the football, that needs to be addressed before we make that move for for Skaronsky. If he's on the board at 18 and he slides that far, I'd maybe consider it a little bit more. Uh, But defense is probably going to be the more prominent and primary pick that needs to be addressed early. Yeah, his scenario was that all the – defensive lineman i guess the top three guys were off the board which is possible and, yeah which is which is very possible and he he would rather go tackle versus corner uh, as, as far as going devin mm-hmm. devin witherspoon so that that's what he was bringing up it had me scratching my head i wasn't too sure about it but um it seemed like you scratched your head so it was like <laughs> i'm not hating it. he's a good football player but i just if i'm he's a really good football player actually really good football player. But I, I would just rather address defense before before I did anything else. Joe, I have a question. So Tyree Wilson to me is a really hard guy to scout just because mm-hmm. he's so raw. And you know, he's not there's not much out there right now of him. It's like all based on kind of his athleticism, his potential. We know he could like stop the run, set the edge well, but well, like how do you see him being in the NFL and like where do you have it projected to go? He's really hard for me to scout. I'm like confused on him. Yeah, the the thing with with Tyree Wilson is it feels really similar to what happened with Trayvon Walker last year, where Walker is this 
you know, big, strong kid who's really flashy, but doesn't really have the production, the consistent production. But he ends up going first, and the more talented guys end up going after him in Thibodeau and, and Hutchinson. And I see that with Wilson, where he's got, a, you know, just a really dominant power profile. He bullies blockers. His length is silly. He's got like the longest arms, I think, out of any of the prospects or some of the most of the prospects in this class. I think behind DeLon Jones, who's the Ohio State tackle. I see the upside because he's disruptive. He causes a lot of problems, but he just needs to figure out how to finish, to get home, to get those sacks. He gets caught up with blockers a little bit too much. If he can hit, though, man, he's going to be really good. He could be a really, really good football player. Yeah, I compare him a little like to Ziggy Ansa when Detroit took him a few years ago. He was like really raw, you know, yeah. really athletic kid, and then he kind of blossomed, and obviously injuries hurt him a little, but... That's I don't know. It, it's like a risk for me. It's a little risk. But yeah, there's I mean, really like a risk with a guy like that, it, and it's just you, you kind of have to take that shot with a for sure. Yeah, with a guy that early. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I actually like him a lot. Yeah, you had a question, Pierre. Yeah. So speaking of guards, like today it came out that one of the local Lions uh, guy from Lions Wire, Jeff Riston, he said the Lions are uh, Osiris Torrance is rated high on his board. He thinks he's a potential pick at pick eighteen. And then Detroit also brought in for a visit, I believe, Chandler Zavala. I think I said his name right, Steve Avala. And the guy at the USC, um, I forgot his name. Andrew I'm sorry, but I believe that's his name, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, if you're Detroit, Jonah Jackson's going to be a free agent next year. I don't know if they're going to pay him because they already had to pay Sewell. You know, Decker's getting paid. Ragnar's getting paid. I don't think you pay everyone. So, like, if you're Detroit, obviously, Glasgow and Big V are free agents. So, if you're Detroit... Would you consider Torrance at 18 or would you maybe wait till like day two or day three to address guard? I, I'd probably wait till day two. And it, for me, I like Osiris Torrance. He's a little heavy footed at 18 is a little rich for my blood. Um, I'm not taking him that early. I think you actually could wait until the second round to get him. And you mentioned Steve Avila, another really nice power profile, strong kid who's maybe not as highly rated as Osiris Torrance is for me, but like I would, I would take him that you know, in the second round, admittedly, this guard class is not good. It is, it is very, very thin, very, very quickly. Um, so trying to get one of those guys earlier is better to do. Um, but I, I just think at 18 is a little high for any of these guards. Oh, that's so maybe good. like try to trade back maybe in late first or like, you know, maybe trade up in the second. Because yeah, like you I said th- it's a scarce class. Yeah, I think that's a little more realistic to trade up into the second if you wanted to get him. He might be gone by the time they pick the second time around, or he might still be on the board. I just I don't realistically see Osiris Torrance going in the first round. I, I've I've seen some people that have projected that, but there's just a lot more talented football players that are probably going to go before him. Okay. Um, another yeah. question. Sorry. Brian Branch is my guy in this class. I love Brian Branch. For some reason, I'm seeing going at 30, going at 27. Why is, is he not being talked about like a top 15 pick? Because that's what I think he is. I think he's he's one of the best football players in this class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian Branch, for me, why he's not getting talked about enough is just because of his positional value. He's really quick. He's got great hips, covers guys really well. He's a nickel corner or nickel safety, if, if that's how we want to describe him. That position's important. I just think... Late first, early second is where a guy like that goes. He's one of my top-rated safeties in a really weird safety class. But I think it just all comes down to that positional value. You know, the desire 
to go get those outside corners first before we start working our way inside. But I'm a Brian Branch fan as well, and I think he's going to be a, a very, very quality football player in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's like C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That's, I mean, that's yeah. why, that's my comp. All right. So, Joe, man, um, before we wrap it up, man, can you give us some late round guys in the late rounds that probably nobody's really talking about that probably your favorite prospects that you see that, you know, maybe Detroit could take a shot on? Yeah, outside of uh, Tucker Craft, uh, I really like Cody Mock, who's the North Dakota State offensive lineman. He's somebody to pay attention to um, who's probably going to swing inside to guard. I don't know if if that's going to be a Detroit pick if somebody values him a little bit higher and pulls you know the trigger on him a little bit sooner. Another later round guy that that I love is is Ty J Spears from Tulane, who at one point I think it was a day three pick. He might have pushed himself up early, you know, at this point. But uh, I think that Ty J Spears, if they're looking for that replacement for DeAndre Swift, uh, he's the guy. He's got great vision, very underrated athlete. He looked so good at the senior bowl. He really exploded onto the scene at the end of the year of this college football season. But the Ty J Spears is one of the guys that I keep pushing. And then the second one that I really keep pushing that I brought up earlier is, is, is Tucker craft. Nice. Nice, man. Now, Pierre, do you have any other questions for him, man? For question for Joe? Yeah. One more, one more question before we get off. So uh, the Lions have been looking at backup quarterbacks. You know, they bring in a few for visit Jaron Hall, Tanner, not Tanner McGee. I'm sorry. Uh, Jaron Hall, Jake Henner, and Hendon Hooker came in for a visit as well. Now, mm-hmm. Where do you think is a sweet spot to take a backup quarterback? And who's actually a realistic, like if golf were to go down, let's say a game or two, like not come, but hopefully not, but it could happen. Who Who's a guy you feel comfortable throwing it, throwing in there for like a game or two? The one I'm the most comfortable with is Jake Hayner, the Fresno State QB you just mentioned. Uh, uh, he's the most steady, and that's what I want with a backup. I, I don't want to draft a kid to be my backup that is – highly volatile i want somebody who's just going to be consistent kind of like what brock purdy did and that was so consistent that he might have won the starting job and like that's that's what you look for and i think that hayner fits that description perfectly of just keeping the offense on schedule i think he's gonna be a very highly coveted backup quarterback uh in this draft class and probably will go as early as uh as the fourth round interesting i like it I like it too. And and, and Pierre, do you have any other questions or are we good to wrap this up, man? That's about it, Joe. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me guys. Appreciate uh, coming on the show. Joe, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. And um, Joe, do you want to plug in um, any of your stuff? I know you're with the Believe Network. You have your own podcast. Um, Yeah. Let the listeners know where they can find you, man. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon and check out the First Team Pod on Twitter at the First Team Pod, which is also on Stadium. Uh, and also head on over to Believe Network. Our YouTube channel is fantastic. I'm the one who runs all of the content that comes in and out of there. So I'm always going to plug that. But make sure you check that out because there's not only good draft content, but there's content for so many other different things, uh, so many other different teams. Uh, but thank you again, guys. It really means a lot coming on here to chat and uh, hopefully can connect again soon. All right. Well, that was it, guys. And I am Malcolm. I'm I am Malcolm, and I'm signing off. Peace. All right, guys. I'm out. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.